0: Chapter eight, and uh, t- this morning I don't have a ton of time, but I uh, I appreciate the opportunity for sure to preach. And I remember growing up, I, I listened to preaching all the time. I think I had a problem, but uh, not only would I hear it, uh, you know, I was raised on drugs. I was drugged Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, soul winning Thursday, bus calling Saturday, and I loved it. But uh, I heard preaching all the time. But uh, I always I always wanted to preach, and uh, I still am not very good at it. But uh, I always just wanted to preach, and um, it's the joy of my heart. It's, it's, a, it's a joy, it's an honor, especially when a pastor gives up his, his platform. I know what a big deal that is, and I appreciate it, Pastor. He mentioned you all have a, a guest next week, and uh, he'll get to preach tonight, so I apologize you have to listen to me this morning. But uh, um, this morning, I'd like to just talk for a few minutes about for the sake of the gospel. You know, in each of our lives, we have areas in which we are willing to do whatever it takes to get something accomplished. As I mentioned, I I love sports, and uh, throughout my life, growing up in high school, I started, by the way, not only is he a state fan, but his son played for the Chap Chariots. I played for St. John's Warriors for Christ, two homeschool teams, and uh, we thought we were big rivals. I think we're bigger than Michigan and Michigan State rivals, but uh, anyway, I think we actually, I didn't know, but I think I may have played against his son growing up in basketball, but I would do much. Uh, for sports, I was never—I was never uh, the best at much of anything, but I always figured I could probably be the hardest worker at it. So I tried my best. And I don't know if that was the case, but I was willing to go to great lengths. Uh, uh, I love food, but there were times where I was willing to not eat something. Not anymore. I'll eat anything. I'm gonna play basketball, but uh, I have gained weight on deputation. All, all churches do it. Feed me, and uh, which, don't get me wrong—I love it as long as it's not vegetables. But um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, we went to one church and they said because i told them that i was like i'm allergic to vegetables she's like we can we can't, uh, i went to the pastor's house afterward and she said we came so close to putting a, a bowl of salad right on your place and see what you would do and i would have eaten it um but uh, anyway there's uh, so there were times playing sports where i'd give up certain things and i'd wake up early and exercise and i was willing to go to great lengths to get something accomplished and I think each of us have that in our life and in, in our jobs, uh, whether you're, a, a, you know, you start your own business or you work for somebody, trying to be successful. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm young, uh, but, you know, learning about investing for the future and trying to uh, make sure I'm a wise steward for what God has given us. And I think that's important for each of us. But uh, we're willing to go to great lengths to get something done we willing to go to great lengths to accomplish a task. Or, uh, I see, and your pastor mentioned, you all did all this yourselves, and you went to great lengths to make this building as beautiful as it is And uh, because you had a passion for it. Uh, you'd do anything. I'm sure there was a time, I know how building processes go at churches a little bit, and uh, there are times where you give up family time and sleep sometimes and different things for the sake of something for the sake of something, you'll do that. And I believe everybody, even, you know, I've heard it said some teenagers maybe, or somebody who all they do is play video games all day. They don't have any passion or anything. Well, that's not true. They have a passion for something. It's for playing video games or whatever. There was a time, and uh, I won't give my full testimony on it, but uh, I had to give up basketball for a short time because uh, it was everything I did. It was my passion. I'd give up anything, including the good things for it. And of course, uh, everything has its place for sure. But Every one of us has a passion and a drive for something. And we ought to be passionate. As Christians, we ought to have a drive. And I remember my dad taught it, would teach us that in the workplace, as a Christian, you ought to be the hardest worker. doesn't matter what job. If you signed up, don't complain about what they're paying you. Because if you signed up for them to pay you that, I've heard it said, you know, I'll work off what you pay me. That's not true. I'll work my hardest no matter what you pay me. And, of course, I want to find before I start that job, make sure it's what I need and can do. And uh, I worked some jobs in college. And there was a time I was working in college. I was going to class. And then I work at 6 at night to 6 in the morning, get up for 8 o'clock class and do it all over again. And I wouldn't advise it. We were dating at the time. I don't remember anything about it. But uh, uh, I just make up stuff. Uh, I'm sure I bought her a lot of... I probably didn't buy her anything. I was broke. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway... Uh, but, you know, I was willing. we're willing to go to great lengths for the sake of something. And th- this morning, I'd like to see, uh, make sure we're we're willing to do whatever it takes for the sake of the gospel. And I'd just like you not to obviously listen to me because I think I'm preaching what God gave, but kind of look into your own heart and, and see in your life. You know, you don't really know me and I don't really know you. Uh, if you knew me and how bad of a sinner I was, and if I knew you and how bad of a sinner you are, and... Uh, uh, but... I think this morning we can all agree that the gospel needs to go to the whole world. And last I checked, uh, right out these doors is part of the whole world. And will you'll go to work tomorrow or will you'll go shopping or to school or this afternoon or your Sunday afternoon restaurant that you maybe go to every, uh, uh, every week or whatever it is, that's part of the whole world. And there's a lost, is there somebody lost and on their way to hell? And if not that, there's somebody who needs encouragement. Uh, from a christian doesn 't need them to complain about everything and be upset and, and frown all the time they need somebody, and will you do it for the sake of the gospel? The gospel is the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, the glad tidings of salvation through Christ. Uh, the Bible says that we 're to go into all the world we 've been uh, we call it the great commission it doesn 't say that necessarily in the scripture. But we call it the Great Commission. And I think many of us here have been commissioned to do things. At our job, we've been commissioned to be the supervisor. We've uh, been commissioned to go do something or given the authority to go do something. We've never been commissioned with something as important as reaching the world with the gospel. And you know who God chose? God chose Christians. You know, I think sometimes of all the, all the avenues God maybe could have chosen to use, he's used fallen man. Uh, the man who uh, originally, he created a perfect place, a perfect world for us. And it created us perfect, and yet we messed up. And uh, something has been going on for, uh, uh, for, for generations, just keep messing up. But God gives us that second, third, fourth, six millionth chance in some cases. And uh, uh, God gives us that. And he's chosen fallen man to reach the world with the gospel. And I don't say this in any blasphemy or demeanor or anything, but God doesn't have a backup plan to reach the gospel or uh, to reach the world with the gospel, we're head, And he's commissioned. I love the fact that he commissioned us, but he didn't say, hey, go reach the world, figure out how to do it. You know, you're on your own. You just do make it happen. I've done that sometimes at different places I've worked and uh, maybe different areas in my life. They said, you know, do this. This is what I want you to do, but, you know, figure out how to do it. I didn't do that. God empowered us to reach the world with the gospel. Uh, God gave us everything we need to reach the world with the gospel. He gave us the people. He's given us the money. And we don't think we have it, but uh, we have the money to be a part of reaching the world with the gospel. And he gave us the the resources. No matter how frail or how, how many physical ailments we think we have, God gave you the ability to be a part in reaching the world with the gospel. Some of us go physically to different countries, I believe we all should go physically, we all should go spiritually by our prayers, and we all should go financially everywhere. See, I'm going to Nigeria, but uh, I can't reach, uh, uh, we're in Hazlitt, right? I can't reach Hazlitt with the gospel. I try to stay away from Lansing and the Spartans. Oh, man, I said it again. I'm about to get in trouble. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, this uh, the Spartans need, man, I got need the gospel, but I got to stop with that. Anyway, uh, everywhere we go is part of the gospel. And I can't be in Nigeria and here, so there's got to be a partnership. And most of us can't be in Nigeria, and I can't be in China. And as the Bible says in Acts 1, verse 8, it says that we're both, Judea and Samaria, and I'm not quoting it right, Jerusalem, into to the uttermost part. That both means at the same time. And last I checked, you can't be in two places at once. My wife's happy because she can only handle one of me. And uh, we can't be in two places at once, but we've got to reach the whole world at one time. And we do that with our prayers and serving where we're at. And, and and financially, that's how we reach the whole world with the gospel. But what will we do for the sake of the gospel? First off, if you'll take your Bibles to Second Corinthians, we may not go through each each. Uh, I've got some different scriptures. Keep your Bible open. I want you to hear what it has to say, not what I have to say for sure. The Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter eleven. I'm just going to start reading it. Second Corinthians eleven twenty three. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labor's more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons more frequent, and deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journey, and often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren. You know, every time I read that, that's Paul... Oh, some of the things he went through, I think, man, I've got it made. <laughs> I've got it made. I haven't gone through much of that stuff. And I, I love reading about Paul, as I mentioned earlier, talking about David. I love finding great men and finding what great and what made them great. And Paul's another great example. But first, my first question is, where will you go for the sake of the gospel? And when sometimes when you're asked a question or something like that, to answer it adequately, you have to ask yourself, where won't I go? Where won't I go for the sake of the gospel? Because if you can answer that, where I won't go? I've already settled in my mind. There's no way I can go there for the sake of the gospel. You answered the first question of where will you go for the sake of the gospel. Where will you go? First of all, physically. Physically, is there a place too far? You know, oftentimes, I'm at missions conferences all the time, obviously, raising support and different things. And I love missions conferences. I think it's amazing. I get to be like at it's essentially like being at a revival meeting all the time. And uh, so I, I'm always fired up and everything. And, and, uh, uh, but you always hear, you know, the speaker will say something like, if any of you young people you know, feel God wants you to be a missionary, and sometimes I wonder, what about the old people? And trust me, my grandma, she lives in DeWitt, Michigan. She taught me you don't call them old. What about the wise people, the, the gray-haired people, whatever you'd like to say? But uh, are we all? And it's not so much that uh, we're called to go, but do you struggle with the possibility? Uh, some of us have already made a decision. You know, I'm where I'm at. I've been here for 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, and uh, I'm set. But what if God changed that? And I'm not saying this morning, And I don't, I don't ever want somebody to be called by another person. If you're called by a person, you probably shouldn't go where that person's calling you. Figure out where God wants you to be. Are you willing? And that's what it will come down to. Where will you go for the sake of the gospel? Physically, is there a place that's too far? Is there a concept that's too hard to grasp? Is there something like, man, God, if you wanted this, there's just no way. I mean, crazy people do that stuff. And, and, and is there a place that's too far? What parameters have you given God? You know, what I found, I mentioned this to your pastor, we were talking about something, but God always qualifies those who he calls. And uh, you're looking at something that's not very qualified in a lot of areas. But I said yes to God, and the cool thing, it takes the pressure off me, because if God wants me to go somewhere, He's got to do it. He's got to raise the funds. He's got to show me what I need to do. I can't do it, And I'll just follow God wherever He leads me and just take the next step. And if I do that, if God wants it done, He's going to be the one to do it. You realize right, that uh, we can have a great ministry, and I'm all for longevity in ministry, and ministry, and, and guys like that are my heroes. Pastors, especially who work two jo- a second job, those guys are my heroes. And, and people who show up faithful for church, you're, all my, you're really my heroes. Um, because you make the gospel something big in your life. And we all can do better at it. Trust me, you're looking at someone who can do better at making the gospel a bigger fact in my life. But God always qualifies those he calls. If you know God wants you to witness to your neighbor you may be unqualified, you may stutter, you may not be able to talk right, and that's okay because if God wants you to do it, did you know you don't save people? You're not the one who saved, and if you are the one who saved them, they're not getting saved. You tell people. I've never one time tried to save somebody. I just got to tell them. That takes all the pressure off. I just got to go to Nigeria and tell people about Jesus Christ. I don't have to save them. I don't have to forgive their sins for them. I just have to tell them and God will qualify those who he calls. What parameters have you given God? You know, when I, I graduated college in May of 2017, uh, and I, went to move, I knew we didn't want to start deputation right after getting married, so we went and worked at my brother's church. So I moved there right away in May of 2017 to Muncie, Indiana, and God had already given me a job. I, I had a CDL, so I drove for ABC Supply. That's a national company. I, don't know, I, I know there's some in Lansing and uh, delivering exterior building products, and I drove a flatbed with a, uh, with a forklift, and Moffitt on the back, we called it a pig, with the pig on the back, whatever. And I did that for, uh, from May of 2017 till two days, or a couple days before Christmas, this last Christmas, we, I quit my job. We went up to Wisconsin for Christmas with my wife's family, and we started deputation. But when I signed up for that job, the first thing I asked my boss, uh, he wasn't my boss yet, but when I had my interview, I said, will you ever make me work on Sundays? And I just, had to come, I, I just won't work, a, I don't want to skip church and work a job on Sunday. And he told me no. And I gave him some parameters. And I asked, you know, what time will we get out? You know, can I make it to Wednesday night church? And uh, I love working. I love working hard. And God gave me that job. And it was a great job for the time I needed it. Uh, but I wanted to make sure to keep things in perspective and keep them in the right order and right place. And I gave my boss parameters. I said, you know, I can only be there at this time. Because uh, I couldn't be there on Sunday. And I wouldn't have. And I, he never asked me to, just like he promised. And, but I had parameters. And the problem is some of us do that with God. We sit down with God and say, God, you can have me here, and you can have me in this place, but after this time, and when I go with these friends, or or when I go to do this errand, you can't have me at that time. We don't do it consciously, but we really do. We give God parameters. Where will you go for the sake of the gospel? Uh, In uh, Matthew 9, 35, we won't go there, but who will you help for the sake of the gospel? Who will you help? And again, if you just flip that question and ask, who won't you help? Yeah, I've been guilty of it so many times. I look at somebody, and maybe they're uh, uh, so full of tattoos or something, and I think, man, uh, what's that guy's problem? What's their problem? What's wrong with them? Uh, you know, well, why are they there? They, they don't even deserve help. And I think we've all been there at some point. Maybe it's not tattoos or piercings or whatever it may be. I don't know what your hang-up is sometimes. I know there have been times where I look at somebody, and my first reaction is, man, they're, they're nasty, or I don't want to be around them, or they're doing stuff I would never do. And uh, But who will you help for the sake of the gospel the best way to answer that who won't you help for the sake of the gospel who won't you help for the sake of the gospel is their family members that you've been so bitter at for so many years that you can say i can never help that person i can never tell them about you i don't even like them they hurt me years and years ago and they hurt me deeply and by the way i'm not minimizing hurt Uh, my dad uh, comes from a broken home and his dad left him when he was 13 he didn't see him again till he graduated bible college And uh, he he, he fixed that relationship with my grandpa. And I had a grandpa because my dad fixed that relationship. And my grandpa never one time ever asked dad to forgive him until the day he died. But my dad chose to forgive him. He made that conscious choice because he didn't want there to be someone who he never helped for the sake of the gospel. Is there someone you think you can never help? Is there someone you think has gone too far? You know, if I didn't think that the, the the gospel of Jesus Christ could pick up the vilest of sinner and turn them around and uh change their life, I'd quit preaching today. If God didn't have the power to take what we think is the worst of sinners and what we think are the most terrible sins and and change that person and help that person, I'd quit today. But the gospel has that power because the gospel's from Jesus Christ. Is there someone you think has gone too far? I didn't read it, but in Matthew 9, 35, everywhere Jesus went, He was not only preaching the gospel, but helping people. Yeah, the, uh, we see so many miracles that Jesus did, but the book of uh, John, the last verse in the, in the book, uh, tells us that if you wrote down all the miracles that Jesus did, the world couldn't contain the books. And I think, man, if we stacked up books in this room, we'd have millions of miracles. But can you imagine the whole world? Everywhere Jesus went, He was preaching and helping There was nobody, and by the way, Jesus uh, Christ uh, sat with the publicans and sinners, but he didn't do the sin of the publicans and sinners. And we've got to be careful about that. I'm not minimizing sin this morning. I'm not saying, oh, we do a little, and I've heard this, we do a little bit of that just to make them feel welcome and comfortable, and that's not what we're talking about this morning. But he did sit with the publicans and sinners, and he went to where they're at. He just, uh, Jesus loved people where they're at, but he loved them enough not to leave them there. He did that. Is there a minister you think you can never help in? Jesus reproved the disciples when they thought that the children were insignificant. Remember that? And I'm going through these. But will you inconvenience yourself so that somebody has the opportunities to hear? Our churches are full of convenient Christianity. And I'm all for you working your job. If you where God wants you, you work your job and you be faithful and you do your passions. You have your hobbies. I, have, I love hobbies. And, and do those things. But make sure... You're just not somebody who, the gospel in church is just some game or something to you because there are people counting on you. And you say, think, I can't do anything. It's not about you. There are people who are counting on you because God can help you reach those people. It's not, you know, some people think pride is everyone who's just built up, and you know, I'm the best at it. But pride is also when you think you're nothing and nobody because when you get saved, you are nothing and nobody. But because Jesus Christ lives inside of you, you're something and a somebody. And you minimize that. Where will you go for the sake of the gospel? Who will you help for the sake of the gospel? D.L. Moody said the preaching that this world needs most is the sermons and shoes that are walking with Jesus Christ. Most of the people you come into contact this week will never hear your pastor preach. Most of the people you come into contact will never set foot in this church service. You're the sermon they gotta hear. And you know what? I've preached some terrible sermons that way. I've preached some terrible sermons that have probably pushed people away from God when I was just a sermon in shoes, and they weren't very good, and they weren't very gospel-centered. What will you give up for the sake of the gospel? Uh, C.T. Studd said he was an athlete back in the early 1900s, I believe. He gave up, he was making money and fame, and he went to uh, to be a missionary. But he said, uh, um, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, what sacrifice could be too great for me to make for him? Is there a position you can never give up? Is there standing with a person you could never give up? Is there sin you can't get rid of? And we don't have time, but sin, it just ruins so many lives. And there are so many pulpits without a preacher because of sin. There are so many mission fields without a missionary because of sin. There are so many uh, 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 godly employees, not godly employees, because of sin. And sin is in each of our lives. It's something we deal with. Everyone sacrifices. We just must determine what's worth the cost, what's worth it. You need to count the cost of what you're doing. Count the cost, and I've already counted the cost of him going to Nigeria. And I knew a missionary in Cameroon who was a—he uh, was driving. He had just got there a couple weeks, and he was shot in the head and killed. And uh, he was there for a couple weeks, something he did all deputation for. But uh, in talking to people who knew him before, he counted the cost. He was already—he was ready. He didn't want that. He wanted a long ministry, but he had counted the cost of what he was doing. You need to count the cost of what you're doing. What is it costing you? What's it costing eternity? Count the cost. So we've seen, where will you go? Who will you help? What will you give up? And lastly, when will you start for the sake of the gospel? You know, I can't wait till I go to Nigeria to start for the sake of the gospel. I may never get there. Jesus Christ may come back today, and I don't want to stand before him one day and say, God, you know, I was going to. I was going to serve you when I got over there, but I need to be busy and I need to be soul winning and passing out tracts now. And uh, I want to say, one day I want to stand before glad- God and say, I'm sure glad I did, and not say, I wish I had. When will you start for the sake of the gospel? How long will you say tomorrow? How many more people will suffer because we just keep pushing it off? And by the way, it's not for superhumans. It's not for people with, uh, it is for people with tons of talents, but it's people with no talents as well. Because it's not about the talented person or the untalented. I don't know if that's a word. But uh, the uh, untalented person. It's about the Jesus Christ who saved both of them and wants to work through both of them. I know I've preached too long this morning, but the gospel is the most important entity in the world. God has chosen saved individuals to share it and give it out. Uh, What will you do for the sake of the gospel? And again, just flip that question and it will answer it for you. What won't you do for the sake of the gospel? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are, Father. Thank you so much for loving us and taking care of us. And thank you for this body of believers, Father, who are here and are faithful to you. And I ask that you use them in their community, in the surrounding areas, and across the whole world in a great and mighty way, Father. And thank you so much for loving us. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.